Good morning, everyone. My notes are a mess from the first service. I'm trying to get them in order here, but that's okay. Hey, it's great to be with you. I'm so glad that you are here, and I'm so glad that I am here. Uh, my name is Lenny Ports. For those of you that don't know me, I'm one of the staff pastors here. I count it a privilege to be given the honor of being able to bring the word of the Lord to you today. How many know that God is at work in us? How many know that? God is at work in us. And every week we look for manifestations of God's presence, of God moving, of God doing something. And a hand might raise up or somebody might testify of an answer to prayer, a praise report or that kind of thing. But you know, each and every day and each and every week, God is working behind the scenes and doing things in the hearts of people that we can't see. So while... We, we might have only had a, a handful of, of hands that were raised for salvation. There's so much that God is doing. God is always up to something, and he's always up to something good. And God's always up to something new. He's always doing something in the hearts of people. And that, to me, is the greatest miracle, because when you look back on your life and you look back and you say, well, where have I been and where have I come from? You can see clearly how God has you on a path and how your faith has been growing, how your life has been changing because he is the Lord of your life. We are in, we learned it last week, we are in a covenantal relationship with God. That means that we are in covenant with him. It's not just an agreement or a contract. It's a covenant, a blood covenant, which was ratified by the blood of Christ on our behalf. That when we are part of this contract, part of this covenant, God will bless his people. But listen, Sometimes there's conditions. Oh, come on, Pastor Lenny. Are you preaching a works doctrine? Are you preaching like bondage and, and uh, religion? No, I'm here to say sometimes in the scriptures, there are conditions that if we meet these conditions, then God will do certain things. If we confess our sins, he will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we just clam up and we don't confess our sins, then we won't be forgiven. It doesn't mean that God is not a forgiving God. He is. But we have a part to play in this. That was, that was last, the, the 930 message, all encapsulated in about three minutes. I, I, maybe I should just leave my notes like this. They're all a mess, see, back and front. I don't even know where my, uh, uh, where, where my next page is. But I'm going to believe that God's going to speak to us today. Amen? I'm going to believe, yeah. All right, you guys are a little bit more noisy than the first service, which I love. So um, we are in this series called My People. We learned that as in our relationship with God, we are in this covenant relationship with him. He is our God and we are his people. And you know, on, on the board here, we've got this, this scripture, right? This right here, over there. 
It's like the, t- the title track of the album tonight, today. The title track is being preached. And that is 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. There's an if-then statement. You remember in probability and statistics and in geometry maybe, there was, there was the, the if-then statement. Right, Brother Jordan? Here it is. If this happens, which is the hypothesis, then that will happen, which is the conclusion. We know it's true. Brother Edder and I love this you know, math thing. Pastor Edder used to be a math teacher, but now he's on staff. We're on staff together. All we do is talk about math. You think we talk about God all day? We talk about math. No, really, we talk about God all day. And every once in a while, we talk about fun things like this. Like, an equilateral triangle has equal angles. If, if angle PQR equals angle QRP and angle RPQ, which would be all 60 degrees, then, (laughs) then, Side A, side B, and side C must be equal. Man, don't you love it? I like feel God when I talk about math. (laughs) If it's three equal angles in the triangle, 60 degrees, then the sides will all be equal. It's an if-then statement. It's always true. In the same way, God says this. Oh, God, where's my notes? Help me. He says, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Can we bring up that chart? Here's the if-then statement from God. If my people do this, then God says, I will do this. If my people humble themselves, if they pray and seek my face, if they turn from their wicked ways, then I, God, will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Wow. But you know, most New Testament Christians, we want the blessing without the condition. We want the then part of the statement without the if part because we think, well, God's in control and God's just gonna do what God's gonna do and I don't really have to do anything because we're under grace. But listen, listen, don't you want to be part of what God's doing? I'm not saying that his love for you is conditional because his love for you is unconditional. This is not a matter of being in the family of God or not being in the family of God. You are in the family of God. He loves you unconditionally. There's no requirements for you to be loved by God for God is love. And he loves you. He loves you right where you're at. He loves you even when you fail. He loves you when you can't keep your part of the bargain. He still loves you. But he'll still be faithful to you. He'll still be faithful even when we fail, the Bible says. He abides faithful because he won't deny his own name. In the covenant, he won't deny his own name. 
So even when we fail, he'll still be faithful. But you know what that does for me? That makes me want to run to him. That makes me want to follow him. That makes me want to listen to him and obey his commandments. When he's telling me what to do in a certain situation, I want to listen and obey. Because listen, too many Christians want the blessing without the obedience. How many know there's an obedience factor in our relationship with God covenantally? We have to obey the Lord. But wait, Pastor Lenny, isn't that like Old Testament? You got to obey the law of Moses. No, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Didn't he say that? And then he said, to keep my commandments is not burdensome. And that's where the enabling part of the goodness of God comes in, in this covenant relationship that we learned last week from Pastor Kyle. That's where the enabling part of God comes in, where he gives us the power to obey him. Suddenly, my heart's been changed. I don't want to do the things that I used to do. I want to put my ear to the heartbeat of Jesus, and I want to hear what he's saying so that I could listen and obey. Deuteronomy 28 is packed with the, with the promise of blessing. How am I doing without my notes? I'm trying to be like Pastor Edder. I'm trying to be like Pastor Edder, really, and Pastor Kyle. This is fun. It's scary, but fun. Deuteronomy 28 is packed with the promise of the blessing of God. But he puts a condition in the very beginning of the chapter. Here it is, Deuteronomy 28. If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God. Is this okay? Well, Pastor Lenny, you know, we're under grace. No, if you... Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. That sounds like obedience, doesn't it? My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. The shepherd walks ahead and they follow. <laughs> Aren't you glad that our obedience is really us just following Jesus into the path of righteousness? Aren't you glad that like Jesus goes there before us? And all we have to do is follow the good shepherd and he's going to take us to green pastures, to still waters. He's going to bless our lives. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But here in Deuteronomy 28, if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God. This is the part we love. Mm, come on, preach it, Pastor Lenny. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. And if you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city. And blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground. And the fruit of your cattle and the increase of your herds. And the young of your flock, blessed shall your basket where am I? And your kneading bowl be. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. 
Woo! The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out one way and flee seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Man, we love the blessing. But if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, then these blessings shall follow. Man, I want to I wanna listen. I want to put my ear to the heart of Jesus. I want to follow him. So he says this. If my people will humble themselves. Humble. This is our posture. Humility is our posture. Humility is not... I'm just a worm. I'm such a lowly, degenerate person. I am depraved, deprived, depraved, whatever it is. I am totally depraved and unable to ever, how could I ever even believe in God? You hear that all the time. No, no. You're a man and you're a woman of God. You, God has put his spirit in you. God's got great plans for your life. But there we are. Oh, I'm so deprived. Humble means not how small am I, but how big is God. Not how small am I, and God would never even consider me, how great and how big He's stronger, he's wiser, he's better. Listen, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ever could ask or imagine. Listen, he is the God on high. He's Lord of lords and King of kings. He's the God of all gods. He's able. Come on, God is in majesty, enthroned on high. All praise and glory and honor and majesty and power and dominion belong to him. And here we are. We can't help but be humbled in the very presence of God. So humility, being humble, is our posture. Humble. If you humble yourself, next, and pray and seek my face. Pray. Well, brother, you know, God knows what I know, what I need, what I need, and He's gonna just, you know, He's gonna do what He's gonna do, so He knows what I need, and everything's gonna be all right. And no, just open your mouth and ask Him. Open your mouth and start talking to Him. Well, why do I need to do that? He already knows what I'm gonna say before I say it. Yeah, He does. But He wants relationship with us. The other day I was walking my dog and it was hot out. And I have a German shepherd who's beautiful, who I love. He's become my best friend. And I have a dog for a best friend. Maybe I need counsel. No, but I was walking my dog and it it, it was hot. And I was troubled that morning. My wife, Jerry, is like, Lenny, what's wrong with you? You're being really weird. You're laughing because they say that to you too. 
your spouse or your, your friend or whatever. What's wrong with you? You're being really weird. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's bugging me. I don't know why I'm troubled. Jesus said, in the world, you will have trouble. Listen, the world is so in trouble. There's so many things that happen to the human soul in a given day. It's way too much for us to house. This mind cannot store everything that comes at us. Snide words or rejection or exclusion or... or um, words that are spoken to us or thoughts that we have that are not of God and uh, all these things going on in the world and this happened now and now this happened and did you hear this one and this guy went into this weird doctrine and now he believes this and he doesn't believe in the Christ anymore and like all these things it's way too much and we find ourselves being weighed down it's like our head weighs 300 pounds and we're being weighed down by all these thoughts and all these feelings and all this stuff in our soul. And there's no way that we could possibly house it all. But my Bible says he has given us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And when I was on my walk with the dog and I was like troubled in my mind and I got this crease in the middle of my forehead and I'm troubled and I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? What's going on? And then I acknowledged the Lord. Mm. I came into that covenantal part of my relationship with God. And I said, Lord, I don't know what is bugging me, but something's bugging me. And I need you to uncover it. And as a good counselor would, Jesus drew it out of me. Oh, wonderful counselor he is. Yes. He drew it out of me. And suddenly I realized I was all filled with anxiety over the situation with a, love, a family uh, member. And I said, Lord, I give it to you. I turn it over to you. You know, in, in humility, in prayer, in humility, are we willing to give everything to Jesus? It's kind of like if we give him everything, he'll give us everything. But it's almost like he's waiting for us. When we pray, he answers. When we confess, he forgives. All these if-then statements. But when I began to talk to the Lord and acknowledge him, the Bible says, um, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In all your ways, that means that I have ways of handling things. You have ways of dealing with things in your life. Each and every day, you, 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 you follow the same old pattern that you always follow. This is safe. This is what works for me. Or when I get this thought, I just think this or um, whatever it might be. There's our ways of dealing with hurt, our ways of dealing with pain, our ways of dealing with people wounding us, our ways of dealing with rejection, our ways of dealing with all these things that can come upon us and come upon our soul all day long. But he says, if you acknowledge me in all 
your ways, I will direct your path. Because he said, my ways are not like your ways, neither are my thoughts like your thoughts, because my thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways. So when we give it to Jesus, then he begins, when we release it all, and we, we give him all the burdens, and we begin to praise him and acknowledge him for who he is in this covenantal relationship, then he begins to speak. And God led me to a story in the gospel of Mark that pertained perfectly to this situation with my son. And I said, God, if you did it for him, you're able to do it for my son. Because you're no, we, we want to, we limit God. Well, God, can I just have a little bit of a tidbit of some kind of answer to my prayer? No, I'm not doing that. I'm saying, God, I want the full package. I want all the benefits. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I want benefits that God has for me. I'm not going to stop at just one little benefit. I want the full package. I work for Jesus and I want the full package of benefits that he has in store for me in this relationship with him. How am I doing without my notes? Woo. Brother Adder, look out. I'm right behind you. Woo. Right. Oh Lord. Ooh, God is faithful. So we humble ourselves, we pray, seek his face. What does that mean? It's not like God here, God, you're gonna do this, God, please do this, please do this, please do that. It's like we're praying to some God way out in the distance somewhere. Hopefully he hears us, hopefully our prayer gets to his ears and hopefully then he'll somehow turn around and do something for us if we don't take matters back into our own hands again. That set the alarm off. <laughs> Seek his face, not his hand. Seek his face. It's all about relationship. You cannot stare at somebody in the face for a long period of time if you're not in a really good, intimate relationship with them. Right? Unless you're playing the, the staring game. Made you laugh. No, it, it, it's like Jesus comes and he sits with us. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and opens the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice. I thought you knocked. Sometimes Jesus knocking on our heart is his voice. If any man hears my voice and opens the door. That means the lock is on your side. Opens the door. I will come into him or her and sup or dine with him. When you dine with somebody, you sit in the same level chair as them. And you're almost eyeball to eyeball, face to face, right? Heart to heart. Hey, how's it going? How are you? What's going on? You look sad. Are you okay? 
What's been happening in your life? There's an intimacy that takes place when you're face to face with somebody. That's why it's just so special when you have people over for dinner, um, uh, especially Pastor Lenny, who is open on Thursday nights. Um, I like to eat. My wife's a great cook, and it shows. Seek my face. Seek my face, not my hand. Your face. David said, you said, Lord, seek my face. And my response was, your face, Lord, I will seek. Don't seek what I can do for you, how I can deliver you from Saul, who's after you to kill you. And how, I can, and, and, and how I can make you a great king, David. And how I could do this and that for you. No, just seek me for relationship with me. <laughs> That's why David said, Selah. Stop and think about these things for a minute. He wrote these songs and then he had an interlude that was called Selah. Stop and think about these things. Because it was born out of his relationship with God. David was a man after God's own heart, right? Was it that David was perfect? No, David blew it big time. We blow it big time sometimes. But David came back to God again. He repented, came back to God, said, Lord, it's against you and you alone have I sinned, right? He repented of his sin, and then God restored him. Yeah, he, had, he, had, he reaped some things in his life. We all reap things in our lives. It's true. But God's covenant will hold and stay true to you. Seek my face. It's next. And turn from their wicked ways. Listen, if you didn't already turn to Jesus, you wouldn't be here. Is that okay? If you didn't already turn to Jesus, you wouldn't be here. But you decided, I don't know when that was for you, but you decided at some point in your life, you said, I don't want to live like this anymore. The path that I am on is dark. It's scary, filled with fear. It's leading me down a path of destruction. And I realized that I don't want this any longer. And somebody told you over here about the gospel of Jesus, the good news that even though your life is filled with fear and things are going in a bad direction, everything's going wrong in your life. If you turn to Jesus, your whole life will begin to be transformed. And as we walk closer and closer to Jesus, we become more and more transformed. Remember when Moses went up the Mount, Mount Sinai to seek the, the face of God to get the Ten Commandments for the children of Israel? It says that he, he ascended Mount Sinai and the finger of God wrote on the tablets of stone the Ten Commandments. And the Bible says that when Moses descended Mount Sinai, his face shone so brightly that the children of Israel who were in the valley waiting for Moses to return, they said they, they were like, the, the, his face shone so brightly that he had to put a veil over his face 
Because the children of Israel who were living in sin, who were living in, the, in, in a place where they were building golden calves and worshiping them, and saying to the golden calf, you are the God who delivered us through the Red Sea out of Egypt. They, they were so, talk about the condition of the world. The children of Israel were just as bad. Did I lose you? Are you still with me? Right? And so Moses comes down and he had to put a veil over his face because he spent time with God. Listen, the more time you spend with God, face to face, seeking his face, the more God will speak to you and write on the tablets of your heart all the things that he wants for you in your life. And then, listen, some people can't stand the brightness. You are the light of the world and some people cannot stand the brightness of your face, of your countenance that's lit up because because you're in relationship with the God who is the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. If you preach, then you will sweat. <laughs> this is a lot more fun than the 930 service. Oh yeah. I don't even know. I don't even want to look at my notes. Seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then, ooh, now we're on the God side. <sighs> we're on the God side. Then I will hear from heaven. Man, don't you want to hear God say, I heard your prayer? How many times do we pray and we feel like it goes into some black hole somewhere? Well, it was on its way to the third heaven and then some black hole. God hears every prayer you pray. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are bent towards their prayer. In other words, like God's ear is always attentive to your prayer, but we don't pray enough. So did I finish the story about when I was walking the dog? No, I never finished it. So I'm walking the dog and God downloads to me the, the, the Mark scripture. And then I see my wife, Jerry, coming, running the other way on the, on the road in our neighborhood. I run across the street with the dog. Honey, God spoke to me. He showed me because she saw me in the morning like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I said, and, I, and I shared with her all that God had shared with me about that scripture and about the situation with our son. That's the end of that story. So back to, he, I will hear from heaven. It's like God heard my prayer that day. I will hear from heaven. You know, in First John it says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Wow. God does hear you. Wait, when I am humbling myself, praying and seeking his face, turning from my wicked ways, guess what? I will be praying the will of God. Because here, this scripture says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. He will hear from heaven. Isn't that wonderful? But the condition is, get Lord, my heart, let my heart get right with you. All through, in, in the key, this key scripture in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if we go back one chapter to 2 Chronicles 6, 14, it's like all these prayers that Solomon prayed. God told David, you're not gonna build my house, your son Solomon's gonna build my house. And at the dedication of this temple that was built, Solomon prays this prayer. And he prays a prayer that says, Lord, if your people, if they, if, 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 they, if they sin and they do things that cause all kinds of problems in their lives, will you hear from heaven? And if they, if they repent, will you hear from heaven and forgive their sin? And then Solomon goes through all these different scenarios that I read them all in the first service. He goes all through all these scenarios. In, it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, right before 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If you're good in math. <laughs> and it's, it's Solomon's prayer. And then 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is the answer to that prayer. 2 Chronicles 7, 12 says, God said, I have heard your prayer. Mm. I have heard your prayer. And I will bless your people. He will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sin. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. Now under the new covenant, we who are born again, blood bought by the blood of Jesus, his blood has forgiven us of all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what another scripture is? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Man, that's good news. And it means that not only does he want us to be right with him, he wants us to be right with each other. Is that okay? This is how we have fellowship. You can't have fellowship with someone you're mad at. Someone you disagree with. Well, doctrinally, I don't really know if he's really believing the same way as I believe, and I know that the way I believe is right. Please. Come on, we can center on Jesus. We can center on Jesus. <laughs> We can find common ground. We can center on Jesus. But we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. It's like we continue to be cleansed. If you confess your faults one to another, you'll be healed, right? We talk to one another. We, we ask God to heal us. We, we say, God, I'm yours, you're mine. Heal me, forgive me. You go to a brother and sister, you ask them to forgive you. Why? Because the price has already been paid for their forgiveness. The debt's already been paid, so you can't hold somebody in indebtedness. I'm going to help some relationships this morning. 
You can't hold somebody in indebtedness if Christ has already paid the debt. I don't care. Amen. I, 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 don't, I, I, I don't care if they haven't given their life to Christ yet. It doesn't matter. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It doesn't mean everyone's saved. It's the whosoever believes in him shall not perish, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen? I don't want to go too deep on you, but listen, we are forgiven because Christ paid the debt. But the person that we're mad at, their price was also paid. So I can't hold unforgiveness. I can't harbor. It's like, it's like our hearts are like harbors that have boats in them and these boats are like hurts and wounds and things that have happened and rejection and, and, ex, and you were excluded and, and you were made fun of and all these things in our hearts and we can either harbor all the unforgiveness or we can release it. We can release it because Christ has forgiven us. Christ has also forgiven them and given us the power to forgive others. We cannot forgive without the power to forgive. And Christ has given us the power to forgive on the cross when he shed his blood and poured out his Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Listen, when Jesus... Man, I, I tell you, I like doing this no notes thing. When Jesus first appeared to the disciples, after he rose from the dead, and he just appeared in the room, the Bible says that he breathed into them. He breathed into them and he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. There are the disciples. And then the next verse says, if you forgive anyone, they'll be forgiven. If you retain any sin, it'll be retained. In other words, the first command that he gave when he breathed into them after he rose from the dead and said, receive the Holy Spirit, is the power to forgive. That's how important it is to God. So if he's forgiven my sin, I too have to forgive others of their sin. I'll forgive their sin. Lastly, and I will heal their land. We say, oh, it's the National Day of Prayer, which it was Thursday. The National Day of Prayer. God save America. Listen, I, I want to pray that prayer, God save America. But I want to be here, right here first. Listen, what happens in me happens in my family. What happens in me happens in my relationships all around me. What happens in me starts to happen in my church. What happens in me starts to happen in my community. What happens in my community starts to happen in my region. What happens in my region starts to happen in my state. What happens in my state starts to happen in my nation. What happens in my nation starts to happen in the world. But God, let it start with me. Let it start. Let the healing begin inside of me. Why would God say, if my people who are called by my name, why didn't he say, if my nation, I will heal my nation. He dealt with us first. He's dealing with us as people. He's dealing with the conditions of our heart first. Please don't be mad at me today. I love you. Don't harbor unforgiveness toward me because of this message. <laughs> he loves you. He loves me. He wants the healing to begin with me. Heal this land. 
The Bible says, you are God's garden. Heal this land, Lord. Let me bear much fruit in this land. For by this is the Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Heal our land. Heal our land. Heal our land. Heal our land. I met with a brother the other day. I'm going to close with this. We had coffee. The coffee wasn't as good as the fellowship. He um, started to share with me his life story. And he's a brother in the Lord, a great brother in the Lord. And I had never met with him on a personal level before. And I met with him and I've known him in church, but that's it. And um, he began to share with me how his wife had died of cancer some eight years ago and how she struggled with it for many, many years. How he has grown, um, a grown son and two grown daughters. And just navigating through that difficult time with the children losing their mom at a tender age. And he's sitting across drinking his, um, the cappuccino. And he's got a smile on his face. I said, bro, have you, have you, are you dating anyone? Have you found any? It's been eight years. You know, have you, are you dating? He said, no. No. I said, maybe it was God that you didn't find a wife, another wife right away because Maybe that's what your kids needed. Your kids didn't need to have the trouble of dealing with the, those kinds of thoughts. Like, is this, does she replace mom? And, and like his story was so profound because it was like, he just simply was obeying God. Oh, God hasn't sent anyone to me yet. Although his life was difficult, although he had disappointments, although he, he, he probably his, some of his dreams have been dashed, he was at peace. He was healed on the inside. His land was healed. Just like I could have been like troubled all day and taking it out on everybody, kicked the dog, kicked the cat on that day. It's the same thing with him. He was at peace, healed on the inside. Do you know that God wants to heal us? We can't bring healing to others in this land that we live, in our spheres of influence in the territory that God has given us if we're not first healed. I'm not saying you're gonna be perfectly healed and shouting from the rooftop every day. But where there's things that are just, there's parts of our hearts sometimes that are not turned over. You know, we talk about repentance as like a one-time thing that we did when we first gave our hearts to Jesus. It's not a one-time thing. Every Sunday at communion, we have the opportunity 
to turn, to examine our hearts and say, is there a part of my heart that I haven't turned over to you yet, Jesus? And I turn that thing over to you. When we say to God, Lord, I give this to you, it's kind of like we were holding it and now we're saying, I release it to you, Jesus. Take it from me. I can't carry it. I can't bear it anyway. It's too heavy. I give it to you. Amen. How many of you have been filled with the word and with the blessing of God today? Let me pray for you. <laughs> I feel like doing the thing that the, that the graduates do. <laughs> Let me pray for you. I love you so much. I really do. I, we love you as a staff. We, our heart is with you every week. No matter what you're going through, God is with you. That we can give you the assurance of. And he's growing you and bringing you through. He's bringing you, he's gonna bring you all the way through. He that began a good work shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these precious souls. And Lord, today, Lord, they are releasing to you all that hinders them, all that binds them up, Lord, all that weighs them down. They're turning it all over to you now, Jesus. Even as, we, even as I pray for them, their hearts are saying, Jesus, take this. You're faithful in your covenant to take it and to do something with it. Lord, I give this to you. Can you say that with me? Lord, I give this to you. Say it again. Lord, I give this to you. Come on, one more time. Lord, I give this to you. Father, I pray, God, all week long that you would begin and show them more and more of this great covenant relationship that you have with them. Bless your people, I pray. Let them be living in the blessing of God as they follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.